Hi guys, welcome to the Journey Through Med podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to mentoring and motivating international medical students. And on this podcast, we'll be speaking to international medical graduates as well as international medical students to bring to light opportunities and information that will be beneficial on your journey through medicine. I'm your host, Blessing Tonyava, a third-year medical student in China. This podcast promises to be informative, enlightening, and motivating, so be sure to follow us and share the episode. This is the Journey Through Med podcast, and your journey is a story worth telling. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Journey Through Med podcast, and I'm excited about today's episode. I have an amazing guest joining me today and guess what he's been in china for about 15 years yeah <laughs> welcome to the podcast michael thank you very much thank you very much for having me <laughs> uh, uh, this is practically my second or third podcast oh okay and um, really very excited because this is the first one in dmu mm. yeah Amazing. Okay, so before then, we'll just go into some icebreakers. You okay. ready? Yep, of course. Okay, so you choose between the numbers 1 to 10. You choose two numbers. 9. 9. So you answer questions based on the numbers that you choose. So question 9 says, what's your morning routine like? Okay, every morning I get up around about 7.30. That's when my alarm sounds. Okay. okay. And this is just for DMU. Because mm. if I'm my previous engaged area of expertise was working as a uh, teacher right okay. so at that time that was a different city different province mm. that was different completely so in dmu i get up around about 7 30 okay and uh, then uh, i will straight away head off to the washroom uh, brush my teeth you know get freshened up and have a couple of biscuits and a glass of warm water okay. okay and uh then hit the road uh towards towards my lab and once i reach uh my laboratory i set up my uh, computer that's my uh you know the, the personal computer that mm. i have uh, okay. a laptop and uh, work starts right away mm. all right nice i picked up um, drinking warm water here in china warm water the reason behind I took up drinking warm water is quite complex. First of all, uh, it's a healthy uh, practice, it's yeah. a very healthy practice. Yeah. And second of all, uh, I used to be a smoker. Okay, mm. I quit recently. And uh, because of this smoking, I often used to get a sore throat. Oh, so okay. that hot water drinking was kind of, a, a, you know, a, a protection for mm. my throat. <laughs> I wouldn't get sore throat that often. Okay. And, um, that's one of the reasons why hot water. I it's good in the morning. All right, so the second number for the second question. Uh, eight. Eight. Describe yourself in one word. Describe myself in one? Word. In one word? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's not it, okay? <laughs> okay, of course. Uh, so I, I, I would... Uh, talkative. Ooh, okay. okay. That's okay. it. One word. Talkative. Mm, okay. okay. All right. So as we get into the episode, tell us a bit about yourself. Who is Michael? 
Where were you born? How did you grow up? Okay. Uh, so my name is Supratik Kundu. That's my uh, oh. name that was given to me by my parents. Okay. And it's an Indian name. Mm. I'm an Indian. Mm. And uh, I grew up in a big uh, city called Kolkata in India. Okay. It's a tier, a tier one city in India. And also at the same time, while growing up, I uh, grew up practically within the city. Okay, so many people call me a city boy in there okay. in that sense of view and at the same time uh, uh, i studied my bachelor degree uh, in kolkata mm. i also studied my postgraduate degree from kolkata and then i had because of family issues and financial problems i had to get a job so mm. my preference was uh, of course, to study my PhD, but because of these issues, I had to get a job right away. Okay. So I started job hunting and, um, you know, 20 years later, here I am, okay, over here. Uh, I started to, uh, you know, uh, work in China from 2006. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, yeah, in three different places I have worked. And the longest I've worked in was uh, in Dali University. Mm, yeah over there as a foreign expert teacher and also I uh, had a stint in administration in Bali University and over a period of time uh, I realized that you know uh, teaching is very well and good mm. it's quite exciting also but I would like to do something else you know to contribute more mm. and um, the things that come to my mind is do some research work R&D uh, but unfortunately, if you are a foreigner in China, it's very difficult to mm. uh, get the grants yeah. uh, and do some research work. So I thought, why not, you know, uh, go chase my old dream mm, and, uh, and do a PhD. Mm. In this way, maybe I would be able to understand the inner workings of the, of the Chinese uh, scientific community. Mm -hmm. And maybe if I am able to, or with the grace of God, if uh, luck favors me, get some good publications mm. and at the same time do my own research work. Yeah. And maybe one day I would be able to contribute something to the scientific community in this way. But I would, I would love to work as a teacher also at the same time. But primarily, I, right at this present moment, I am much more focused on research. Mm. Okay. Nice. So did you always want to be in the medical field or was there any other dream that you had? Oh, well, come on. Every young boy okay. Okay, while growing up uh, wants to do something amazing. Mm. Okay. I grew up reading lots and lots of, you know, these uh, uh, DC comics and Marvel comics. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and my favorite individual was Captain America. From Marvel, okay. from Marvel, okay. <laughs> and somehow, I don't know why, I became very uh, attached to the uh, to the Batman comics, mm. okay, the DC world. So, uh, I always wanted to have a career as a as a, as a soldier. Okay. Really? Yeah. When I was young, I wanted to because I thought it was something heroic <laughs> to do. Uh, yeah. Mostly influenced by these comic books, I mm. guess so. Because as a young individual, you just read the comic books and you find it very exciting, and you want to do something exciting. Yeah. So I, I wanted to have a career in uh, uh, the in the army. 
but later on, as I was, you know, growing up, something very strange happened. Okay. So the same question was asked to me by my teacher in eighth grade. So I was in eighth grade, an eighth grade teacher, a very nice and wonderful person. He asked me the same question. And I said, sir, I want to become a soldier. <laughs> and everyone inside of the class, some, someone wants to become a pilot, someone wants to become a doctor, someone wants to become an engineer. Yeah. And then, you know, the teacher, he, he kind of looked at all of us in amazement. And his shoulders, pretty broad shoulders, kind of shrunk and he said but none of you wants to be a teacher that was his question to all of us it was very heartbreaking moment for him i guess yeah, so yeah. that none of the uh, students really wanted to become a teacher <laughs> and that those words you know i still remember it the eighth grade think mm. about it how far it is right and i still remember it and when i heard that it kind of clicked inside so and from i guess from that time all only i um, I was thinking that maybe that can also be an option. Mm. And then later on, uh, because in my community, uh, amongst my friends, I was, uh, you know, I was a great storyteller. <laughs> I used to tell a lot of stories uh -huh. to them okay, because I, I had this knickknack of, you know, reading a lot. Mm. I read a lot of novels and I used to tell them some stories, sometimes funny, sometimes horror stories, <laughs> okay, just to, you know, pass time. And, uh, so I guess from that time, I was honing my skills unconsciously, mm. okay? Because when you are teaching, you're actually telling your students a story. Yeah. It's a true story, yeah. okay? But you, uh, you, feel that, uh, you feel very comfortable when you are capable of communicating mm. with your students. It becomes even more better if it's a two-way communication, like you interact with your yeah. students. So, well, in that way, I guess, uh, in some way, <laughs> being a teacher, helped okay yeah yeah okay so how was the medical system in india you studied mbbs no i had actually moved out of the mainstream i didn't go through the mbbs process okay, okay i went out of the mainstream and i went into a bachelor of medicine that is bachelor of science in medicine okay. and uh, there is a four-year course mm. uh, that uh, principally teaches you physiology and then there is another uh, two to three year course that principally teaches you in post-graduation about, oh. again, about physiology. Okay, so I took the okay, mainstream okay. course because at the end of the day, I didn't want to become a doctor. Somehow, mm. I didn't really want to become a doctor because, you know, in my personal opinion, means don't take it personally. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, don't take it personally. I always tell all of my students, but um, you know, being a doctor is a great thing to do. Mm. Okay. First of all, the money is great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Second off, you get the feeling of saving people's lives in, yeah. in a whatever little way mm. or in, in whatsoever little contribution you add mm. to it. Mm. But you really feel very great about yourself. Yeah. Okay. So being a doctor practically rocks. I understand that. <laughs> but for me, it was different. Uh, I really didn't want to have that life. Mm. Okay, because in my, this is my opinion, okay. maybe I'm wrong. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, doctor's life is a very busy life. Mm. If they really don't have too much time for themselves. Yeah. That's a sacrifice they make. Okay, unless you, uh, you are an excellent, excellent management 
uh, excellent manager of time mm. unless you are an excellent manager of time you know being a doctor rocks but you really don't have too much time yeah. for yourself means i'm not trying to discourage you no <laughs> but this is what i'm saying yeah and uh, that's why i didn't uh, go through with the mbbs mm. and then md so i just okay went off the mainstream mm. and did something different okay so straight to physiology and then masters in physiology yep absolutely yeah. okay great what has teaching for 15 years or more than 15 years taught yeah. you about student life about academics about people well uh, i'll tell you something you know it's a bit different when mm. you uh, start your career in teaching the first thing that comes to your mind is that uh, the students and you are completely different. Okay. You have to, no matter how friendly you are mm. as a teacher, you can be very friendly, yeah. but you should know where to draw the line. Okay. For example, being a teacher, I never ever tried to interfere into the personal lives of students. Oh. Okay. So I would always observe them from outside of a circle. Okay. Okay. I would, uh, you know, draw a circle around my students, mm -hmm. and I would be outside. I would observe them. What was your reason? Because I felt once you become very close to students, mm -hmm. or once you become a little bit close to students, also you have personal connections with them, become friendly with them. In some way or the other, you lose the respect. Okay, because you are practically pulling yourself down to their level. Okay. And when you do that, uh, you know, uh, the student might uh, think of you as just a friend mm -hmm. and not his tutor or not his teacher, not as somebody whom he has to look up to, mm -hmm. but somebody whom he can go around shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> that doesn't quite sit well with teachers. Because, you know, after some time, what happens is that the teacher realizes that happened with some of my friends, mind you. Mm. Okay. Uh, the teacher realizes that, hey, he's not respecting me. Mm. These, these students, they are treating me like his friend. I'm not his friend. Okay. And then the clash happens. Mm. The clash of interest. Okay, where the student has already habituated himself uh, of expecting that this guy or this lady is my friend. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he wants uh, special respect from mm. me. That's not happening. <laughs> so, uh, so this is the thing. I actually got this tip from uh, TED Talk oh, <laughs> on TED Talk. YouTube. I yeah. was going through and I listened to them, and I think it was a good thing. Mm. Okay, a uh, good piece of advice. Okay, and uh, so that's one of the reasons why. If you ask me about student life, well, I personally feel that students in China, okay, okay, when they come over here. There are uh, generally four kinds of students. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, first batch of students they really want to learn. Mm -hmm. It is their dream to come over here, study, graduate, and then leave or settle down over here. Yeah. Okay, this is the first kind, and then you have the second category of students. Okay, now these are the students who didn't really have any option. Okay, <laughs> so they were uh, they are like uh, those category who doesn't really have a clear goal in their mind mm. and most of them are actually coaxed by their parents okay uh, you have to go and become a doctor okay you have to become an engineer okay so these second category students 
they are living their parents' dream. Yeah. They're not living their own dream. Okay. And when these students come over here, uh, well, some of them uh, get acquainted easily, mm -hmm. but others, it becomes quite difficult for them because sometimes they really don't know which direction, direction I'm moving. Mm. They're lost. Yeah. And then you have the third category of students who come over here just for fun. Okay. They don't want to do anything. Okay. <laughs> And, and uh, you know, uh, their parents really care about them, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't care about themselves themselves or their parents also. They just want to have fun. That's it. <laughs> okay. And they, they come over here and they try for the first one or two months. And when they find out that, you know, nothing's working. Okay. <laughs> then they just give up and start having fun. And next comes in the uh, the fourth category of students that I have seen. Mm. Okay. Uh, now, uh, these are the students that I personally feel requires a lot of attention. Okay. So these students are, you know, these average students yeah. who have an idea of what they want to do with their life, but they are confused. Mm. Okay, so I call them the confused batch. Okay, they don't know exactly what's happening or how it is happening. So if you can nudge them a little bit as a teacher, mm. because why these fellows are confused is because their parents, maybe they are confused by themselves or they don't care that much about their, mm. I know, their daughter or their son. They just want to tell them that, okay, you have to go and go. do this. <laughs> okay, that's it. Yeah. Okay, so get out of here. Uh, go to this country. I'm giving you this opportunity. Go and do something. So these are the confused students. Mm. Now, as a teacher, I felt that you know, I I would really really like to you know kind of guide them. For mm. I I tried for six months okay, to guide these kinds of students. So try and try and graduate to the second category or the first category where you know that okay, I want to become a doctor. Yeah. And if you if you know and if you believe that yeah, I don't want to become a doctor. I don't want to do something else. Then you find out what your true calling is yeah, and then you go, go back. There. Okay, go back and do that. Or yeah. you find another option inside of this place only. And um, most of the time I have succeeded in mm. guiding these individuals mm -hmm. because what they need is encouragement. I, because these students, this fourth category of confused students, they have been discouraged for their whole life, mm. criticized for their whole life. Okay, yeah. and when a teacher comes in front of them, and even if they commit a mistake, the teacher encourages them, okay, to commit more mistakes <laughs> so that one day they will become correct. Okay, mm. they are very excited; they become very happy, and they improve. Mm. This has been my teaching strategy, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I have been very popular amongst my students in uh, one of the universities where I tried doing these things mm. as an administrator and also as a teacher okay, because it was also a growing process for me as a teacher yeah now, i was not you know i i didn't just come down from seventh heaven <laughs> okay drop down on earth and said hey you guys i am the best no yeah i was a horrible teacher when mm. i started out okay i wouldn't respect me when i started out as a teacher mm. okay uh, but as time passed by, I matured and I, you know, became yeah. even better and better. Mm. And that I could understand because, you know, from 2011 and 2012 when I started teaching in Dali University, uh, the students loved, mm. loved it. What I did with them in class and how I taught them, they really enjoyed it. And I could see that it's not fear 
once you see in the eyes of the students there is that there is no fear but there is respect that means you are a good teacher you are a successful mm. teacher the, the student if he is afraid of you and then he shows that fear in his eyes that doesn't necessarily no mean respect. that mm -hmm. that's respect but he's not afraid of you but he, at the same time he respects you that's the you know that's a marker okay yeah. that's a marker for everyone to understand okay this is a good teacher mm. so when that happened to me uh, when that happened with me I, I was elated i was very surprised and also happy <laughs> so these are the four categories of students okay that i know of and as student life me being a student <laughs> honestly i really understand why some of my students <laughs> behaved in the way that they behaved okay okay <laughs> Uh, some some i understand mm. okay and uh, in china let me tell you they should have studied chinese language should have they should have studied chinese mm. language because if their language skills improved they would have solved most of their problems by themselves oh. truly now, i have faced in you know a humongous number of numerous complaints mm. okay uh, over the years and when i came over here mm -hmm. i had faced many problems many a problems over here in dalian medical university mm. trivial matters okay but most of them i could solve by myself by simple communication because i would you know speak chinese and uh, when you do that and you understand your your the the person who is next to you mm -hmm. his or her problem of why that problem can't be solved then you kind of sympathize with them yeah and then that person starts sympathizing with you and maybe it won't be solved immediately but then but then he he or she would make it a point to help you out the first yeah. chance they get okay so sure. language really helps <laughs> <laughs> what strategies did you use to get so good at chinese well um you know because i was a teacher over here yeah. so what actually happened was i was not allowed to go into any classrooms to study chinese so i had to mm. study chinese by myself okay so i i got some textbooks from some of my students and tried didn't work <laughs> you were seeing stars yeah it, it was like greek to me <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen greek but it was you know absurd mm. so uh, then uh, i kind of gave up for the first two years mm. and uh, but later on i found a guy who was a foreigner but whose chinese was great okay and uh, i became uh, i became quite close to him because he would uh, practically take me out and teach chinese oh. it, it was fun it was a kind of a fun exercise mm -hmm. for him okay and i would learn a lot from him because let me tell you in china you will hear this quite often if you want to improve your chinese you should find a chinese girlfriend yeah i had that too <laughs> you had that too okay so if you so let me ask you this maybe one of your teacher or a friend told you that if you want to improve your chinese you yeah. should get a chinese boyfriend yeah 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 <laughs> they even they told me you know i was a teacher and they didn't shy away from that my colleagues mm. my colleagues who are teachers used to tell me you should get a chinese girlfriend needless to say i tried it mm -hmm. didn't work <laughs> trust me didn't work um, if you really want to study chinese the best way of studying chinese is in the classroom okay really you can 
you can get very well versed if you have a good teacher mm -hmm. and a good classroom environment interactive sessions yeah this is the best place to study chinese mm. okay like i said there are three criteria you should have a good teacher you should have a very nice interactive environment yeah okay yeah. where you are studying and at the same time you should by yourself have the desire to learn that's okay. the most important no, yeah thing. that's one <laughs> that's very important if you, if you don't yeah. want to study chinese, hey come on i want to study. then there's no there's nothing going to happen yeah right yeah <laughs> so you should have the desire to study mm. uh, 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 if you have all three of them it clicks okay the whole thing clicks mm -hmm. and six months okay happiness yeah, let me tell you six months you are gone you are gonna you know kind of uh, improve very fast after that mm. and that's exactly what happened to me so i was living outside of campus in wuhan city okay that was my working place and this guy hamza from Yemen, very good friend of friend of mine, now a cardiovascular surgeon. Whoa. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's back to Yemen. This guy, he was talking with me mm. every day and he had bad English. Okay. Okay. His English was not good. And my Chinese was near nearing zero. Okay, <laughs> zero level. Mm -hmm. So uh, we always had to converse in bad English and bad Chinese. Oh. And in this way, his English never improved because I was trying my best to speak, to speak Chinese. Chinese. <laughs> so his English never improved, mm -hmm. but my Chinese improved, improved thanks to him, mm. really. And then after that, I started watching, you know, uh, some Chinese uh, TV series. Okay. Okay. And at that time, we had these uh, very nice phones where we had a recording option. So yeah. I would record the segments of the Chinese Chinese, uh, you know, TV series, uh -huh. and then I would go to him and ask him, "Hey, you know what? What is this guy saying?" And he would oh. explain it to me, and then I would, you know, try to imitate it. Okay. And this is how I learned. It's a very lengthy process, mm. but for me, it was short because I was always talking with him. That's a very fun way of learning. <laughs> yeah. And over time, of course, uh, mm. that really helped. Yeah. And this is how I improved my Chinese. Yeah. I like that desire part because most of us miss out on that part where ah there is a good environment, there are good teachers, but mm, we don't want to study Chinese. <laughs> exactly. The, the yeah. main the main problem comes in that desire or that mm, want. Yeah. You know what? These people who, uh, honestly speaking, okay, mm -hmm. the people who tell you this that you should have a Chinese girlfriend or a boyfriend mm -hmm. to improve your language level, they have a point. Okay. The point is, people would do anything for love. You get my point? Okay. <laughs> okay. So generally, okay. you are not getting motivated to learn Chinese. Mm. So the motivation, if love or attraction provides okay. that motivation, uh -huh. then you kind You're of right. go. But it, it can and it does most of the time backfire. Mm. What happens means I would tell you, if you have a Chinese boyfriend, mm -hmm. First of all, what is going to happen is that his English is going to improve because you <laughs> would be speaking with him English. most of the time. Yeah. In English. So his English is going to improve and your Chinese is going to stay where it is. Where it is. <laughs> okay, That's going to happen. Most of the time yeah. this happens. Yeah. Because the guy doesn't really want to, you know, uh, teach you Chinese. <laughs> because not every other Chinese person is a teacher. You need yeah. to be a teacher to be able to impart knowledge. You know, mm. Hamza was a natural he was a teacher okay. so he could teach you mm. he was not a good student but he was a great teacher 
I knew that because my teachers told me. Okay. Uh, not my teachers, sorry, my colleagues told me. Uh -huh. Okay, that Hamza is a bad student. Why are you hanging out with him? <laughs> I was like, no, he's a great teacher. He teaches me Chinese. Mm. So that's that's the thing. Yeah. Okay, so you were in um, Wuhan for five years, and then in Delhi for uh, five and a half years in Wuhan. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Delhi ten years. Oh. And Delhi, uh, and uh, now this is my. End of first my first year. year. Uh, second year. Second year. I came last year, September. Okay. So now it's my second yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. Did you choose teaching? You chose teaching as this is what I want to go into. This is what I want to do. And you chose China mm. as the country. No. Uh, I Yes and no. Okay. I chose teaching in 2004. Mm. I, I got my inner calling. That yes, I want to do this. Okay. I want to go in and I want to teach people. Okay, because uh, this is where I I am uh, really comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because while I was doing my post graduation, part yeah. of my curriculum was to teach for ten hours. I had oh. to teach the undergraduate. It was part of my curriculum. Mm -hmm. it's for graduation, you need to do that. Yeah. And when I did that ten ten hours, I got very high ratings. Mm -hmm. Everybody loved it, and I. I found that I was the happiest during that time. Okay. And that is when I found out my inner calling, you know, like, hey, you should go be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it clicked. Okay. China was not my first choice, honestly mm. speaking. I went to Nepal. Okay. Unfortunately, things didn't turn out so, uh, so flowery. Okay. Mm. Uh, because... Um, various reasons, political, geopolitical reasons. The mm. war broke out in Nepal. Okay, so I had to yeah. come back. And uh, China was my uh, my second choice. Mm. And China really treated me very, very well. Let me tell you. Okay, okay Wuhan, Tali. Mm. Till now, mm. the Chinese people. I would say, I would say, and I would confidently tell you this because I have been interacting with them in Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. so the Chinese people, per se, the common people, okay, law okay, uh, you know, that's <laughs> the common people, yeah. okay, the citizens. They're absolutely amazing people. Yes, there are good people, there are bad people, and then there are average people. Mm. But the uh, within this society, if you are within this society. I think they are an amazing group of people. Yeah. Okay. And I really love them. <laughs> okay. Because, uh, yes, they do commit mistakes. There are bad things happening over here. But come on, look at the world everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everywhere. And um, that's one of the reasons why I, I prefer to stay over here mm. for such a long time. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what did you teach in Wuhan and Delhi? Okay. Uh, in Wuhan, I was just teaching physiology. Okay. okay. And because uh, in my post-graduation, I had also a degree of microbiology and immunology. Oh. I was also teaching a part of microbiology immunology. That is the immunology part. Mm -hmm. Okay. And virology. And when I came to uh, Delhi, mm -hmm. because the immunology is a very vast topic yeah. okay i was really not able to cope up with that amount of load <laughs> uh, so i was teaching physiology and i was also teaching pathophysiology in dali in dali 
okay so physiology pathophysiology and sometimes if re, uh, there need be mm -hmm. i would take up one or two topics of immunology okay, okay. that dependent upon the you know the uh, the the head of the departments mm -hmm. because sometimes some teachers would be absent like i'll give you an example in 2013 the teacher who was in charge of uh, teaching about the complement system yeah. of immune, immunology and that teacher was also teaching uh, that uh, antibody antigen antibody mm -hmm. the structure of antibody yeah. as a whole so antibody and complement the teacher who was in charge of that she became pregnant oh. and she had to uh, uh, go on a maternity leave yeah. so during that six months time i took up her classes so it was kind of a, you know favor mm -hmm. Uh, but I, I would get paid, so oh, it's geez. not it's not an unpaid favor. No, I don't work for free. <laughs> you should never work for yeah. free. Take that from me, okay? Never work for free. Okay, people okay. are going to take you for granted. Mm. Okay. And uh, in 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 Dali, I specialize because I specialize in uh, nervous system. Okay. In physiology, I always taught nervous system and mm -hmm. sometimes cardiovascular. And re sometimes respiratory, mm -hmm. nervous system, complete nervous system. You know the sensory system, the motor system, the yeah. central, the peripheral, everything. Yeah. Uh, I would teach, mm. and dependent on this rotation. Okay. Okay, we used to rotate amongst the Chinese teachers. Okay, yeah. sometimes he would teach something else. My friend, another, another lady would take up another, another top, another, uh, you know, this uh, um, chapter. Mm. Okay. I would take the nervous system permanently. Yeah, for okay. them. I don't know, something happened because I think uh, I felt very comfortable with nervous system. And mm. I could find out that most of the other people, they felt very uncomfortable. Okay. They, you know, practically, they, that their discomfort was on their faces when mm. people... Used, I remember in 2012, my boss said, Hey, you know, last year Kundu uh, taught a nervous system. This year, yeah, I won't tell you the name. Okay. <laughs> This year, Mr. X mm -hmm. is going to teach. And you should have looked at the face of Mr. <laughs> X. He was like, why me? What have I done wrong? And uh, before the end of the meeting, he was winking at me. <laughs> literally winking at me to tell uh, the boss. That you take it up. You know, that I want to take it. Mm. Uh, he, uh, he wants to take something else. Because he doesn't want to tell his boss. Right, as he's quite new, I'm new also, mm -hmm. and he was just in, and I, I told, so I understood his message, I said that, boss, I feel comfortable taking nervous system, so, uh, and the moment she said, nervous system, but you took last year, so at that moment, Mr. X <laughs> kind of practically jumps out of his chair, and, um, and says that, if he wants to take nervous let system, him let him take nervous system, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Oh my goodness. He was he was he was so relieved, yeah. you know, true <laughs> happiness on his face. <laughs> I can imagine that. Yeah, and he was very happy, <laughs> and uh, then everybody got the clue. Mm. So every time it was uh, it was the you know the proper time for you know every single moment mm. uh, when this in 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 the meeting when it came up that nervous system will be taught by somebody else. Yeah. Nobody else showed interest, and everybody got together and said, "No, let him teach it. He likes it." <laughs> what what fascinates you about the nervous system? Oh, I, uh, nervous system is a very complicated system. Why it fascinates me is because let me tell you, every human being, mm. uh, forget about uh, creed, 
uh, color, race. Mm -hmm. Okay, forget about this. Okay, every few human beings we have the same set of chromosomes. Yeah, and we have practically similar features. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, ninety-eight percent of our features are same. Okay. Um, and when I say features, I mean internal features. Yeah. Okay, we all have the same heart. Mm. We all have the same stomach. Yeah. Our brain practically looks the same. Okay. Uh, but we are all so much different mm. in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And when I say so many different ways, I mean the way we walk, the way we talk, Mm. The way we execute or perform something, it's different. Mm. And also, the most interesting thing is the way we think mm. okay, or yeah. analyze. Yeah. That's, that is what fascinates me, that what makes the human mind, mind? Yeah. what converts the brain into a mind? You okay. get me? That, okay. th there is a difference. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can have a human brain, not necessarily it's going to be a mind, okay? Because <laughs> the mind includes all the analytical power, mm -hmm. the perception, yeah. everything. Okay? The brain is just a brain. The organ. Once you have those synaptic connections in, in going over there, okay, uh, and uh, uh, differentiating inside over there, once you have that electrical impulses coursing through the different uh, mm -hmm. uh, neurons, and the different glial cells supporting this whole process. Once this happens, then it becomes a mind. Mm -hmm. And for every other individual, it's different. It's different. So that's what fascinates me, and that's what you know, kind of always eggs me on towards uh, solving this great puzzle of the <laughs> human brain. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a it's an impossible quest. I know it's an impossible quest, but that's what makes life interesting. Yeah. Otherwise, if you knew everything, it would be so boring. Yeah, what else? <laughs> nah, the, the, the human brain has never fascinated me in that way. Yeah, that's okay. I can understand. Yeah, that. but that's why we are different. <laughs> yeah, that's why we are different. Yeah. You know? For you, might be, you, you, you can feel that, hey, you know what? I, I feel fascinated by the heart. Mm. Right, you, you can yeah. feel so. Some people are there. I used to tease one of my friends. He was a dermatologist. Okay, yeah. Okay. He was fascinated by the skin. <laughs> every other itch, every other pustule, mm. every other red colored dot that had happened on his skin or a mark that had happened, it would fascinate him. Uh, okay. okay. A real party pooper, if mm. you would like to say. Like, for example, you're sitting with him and he would go to your face and say, Hey, what happened to your cheek over here? Why is it red over there? Mm -hmm. What's this with the dimple or a pimple over here? Mm. Very irritating, you know, but he was fascinated by this. Okay. And he became a dermatologist, earns a, earns a lot of money, okay, yeah. uh, solving allergic problems <laughs> and giving out beauty solution to ladies, mm. okay, but, uh, but it's amazing. You know, he is fascinated by skin, I'm fascinated by the brain. Maybe you're fascinated by something, something else. Something else, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay, so, um, PhD, yeah. what do you expect to achieve? in this in the stage at this stage mm -hmm. well for me i would like to contribute in a very small way okay, okay how's that uh for example there are a lot of research being done in my laboratory mm -hmm. on certain topics yeah. okay 
and I know at this particular stage to be realistic, we are not going to solve any world class problems. You know, mm. I, I won't be able to solve Alzheimer's disease. That's my that's my direction. Okay. Alzheimer's disease. I'm yeah. working on Alzheimer's disease. I won't be able to solve out the problems mm -hmm. of pathology that has happened in Alzheimer's disease. Mm. I know that. Mm. But it's a huge puzzle, like I said, that why this disease happens. But if I am able to, you know, solve a tiny, teeny, tiny piece mm. of that puzzle, yeah. Okay. You've done your bit. Uh, then I have uh, done my bit. Yeah. I have contributed as much. Mm. Uh, maybe one day someone would be able to, you know, take all these teeny tiny puzzle pieces that together. have been solved uh -huh. and, you know, group them together yeah. and make a beautiful signal transduction pathway mm. that would point towards the remedy for Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. So, Realistically, mm -hmm. this is what I want to do. Mm. Okay, and practically, I would really like to publish a paper. Okay, so that I can graduate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're expected to publish one paper. Yes, we okay. are expected to publish one paper as first author. Mm. Okay, so of course, that's a huge thing to do at this stage, yeah. especially at this age. <laughs> okay. Really? Mm. No kidding. What one advice would you give to your younger self? If there was one advice you'd give to your younger self, what would it be? Don't waste time watching TV. Whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste time TV. watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I used to I used to watch a lot of TV previously. Mm. That uh, and why I would give that advice to my younger self is because I didn't have glasses previously, okay. and watching that much amount of TV really uh, created a problem With for my eyes. eyes. Okay, and at the same time, it really wasted a lot of time for mm. me. I would have gained a lot more knowledge by not watching, watching TV. TV. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. What do you do when you are less busy, when you are free in your spare time, in your leisure? If you don't watch TV, what do you do? <laughs> oh, uh, nowadays, what I do uh, in my, during my leisure time, okay, uh, I would tell you what I do. Mm -hmm. I actually would like to go out and play table tennis. Okay. Oh, okay. Or I walk. Yeah, I know I, that about you. <laughs> or I walk. Okay. Yeah. I, will, I love walking. Yeah. Okay, because it helps me freshen my mind. Mm. Okay. All those, uh, all those yeah, daily, daily kind of junk that comes into your yeah. brain, kind of move it away. So sports, walking, free walking, and sometimes I would open YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I would watch some documentaries, 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 or some tutorial videos about mm -hmm. lab work. Okay, oh. <laughs> or I would uh, watch some documentaries about wildlife. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. because uh, it, it kind of you know gives me a little bit of peace of mind. Uh, or I would simply you know take up a textbook and read. Oh, wait, you told me you used to read the nervous system in different textbooks. Yes. <laughs> it, it kind of called out to me like uh, reading novels, you know. So I used to read nervous system like I would read novels. Mm. And uh, that's the reason why. And nowadays what I do is I don't have enough material to read over here because of China. 
is a Chinese speaking country, so you don't have enough text. English, uh-huh. English books, right? Yeah. So what I do is I download some papers, journal papers, okay. the publications from mm. online, and I read that. Okay, very good way to fall asleep. <laughs> really? Really? If you if you start reading, right? And if it's a boring paper, okay. you know, you take that paper and you set it aside. Okay, don't read it at that time. And at late at night when you can't fall asleep, take out that boring paper and start reading. <laughs> no, I'm talking about reading from paper, not from the computer okay, screen. Okay, okay. okay. So take out that boring piece of paper and start reading it. And immediately you will feel <laughs> that there is a there is a very strange drowsiness that you know that's Sets on you. That comes on you and mm. you succumb to it very slowly. Uh, okay. That's a very good way. So I have a couple couple of boring papers mm. with me that I keep for emergency. Whenever I want to sleep, I bring them out. Um, otherwise, I would read some papers that interest me. Mm, interesting. Okay, this has been an amazing conversation. You know, I've been looking forward to this <laughs> since <laughs> yesterday, right? And then I'll just take the quote of the episode and bring the episode to an end. So this is from New World Medical. And it says, take your journey one step at a time. Focus on the step in front of you, not the whole staircase. What do you think? That's actually a very good one. You know, in Chinese, there is a saying. Okay. He said that, ipu, ipu lai. Mm. One step at a time. I think that's what it summarizes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you take one step at a time, the whole journey becomes a little bit untangled, yeah. a little bit uncomplicated. Mm. Otherwise, if you are always thinking about, yes, you should have a goal in your mind, right? Mm. That, okay, fine, I will like to reach there. But, but don't get carried away mm-hmm. by just thinking about it always. First of all, plan and then go according to, things are not going to go according to plan. Sometimes they are yeah. going to go a little bit left, a little mm-hmm. bit right. Uh, so just take one step at a time and move forward. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to work out yeah. by the grace of God. <laughs> sure. Everything is going to work out. Thank you for joining me, Michael. It's a, it's a great pleasure talking with you. Really great pleasure, you know. Today I had a hectic day. Mm-hmm. And just now sharing this cup of coffee with you and uh, having this uh, beautiful conversation, meaningful conversation with you. <laughs> Really loved it. Wow. Okay. I think it made my day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. All right. And that's how we wrap up today's episode. Ibu Ibu Lai. One step at a time and your whole journey will come out all together. Don't forget that this is the Journey Through Med podcast and your journey is also a story worth telling. See you on the next one. Bye.